Hey there, I'm Scott Mitchell, the editor of Schwartz Media's daily news show, 7am. This is The Weekend Read. Every fortnight on the show, we feature the best long-form journalism in Australia, read to you by the people who wrote it. Today on the show, writer and filmmaker John Safran, with his piece from the latest edition of The Monthly. Father Bob Maguire was an icon in his own right, but for many, they knew him through his years of conversation with John Safran on TV and on their Sunday night radio show. Father Bob passed away earlier this year and received a state funeral in Melbourne, and today we feature John's writing about his friend. John will read his story, You Don't Have to Like People, Only Love Them, after a short conversation. John, in this piece, you talk about the first time you filmed with Bob. But I was wondering, I wanted to ask you what it was you knew about Bob at the time and and why you thought he'd be a great foil for you in that segment, why it was you sought him out. My then manager, his mother was getting really old and he was having to start taking her to church, which is Bob's church. And he just said to me, he goes, John you've got to go to this church, like, the dudes... It's like he's doing, like, a tight five stand-up every time he gets up there or whatever. And then a lawyer that I had to see... Not for anything too bad, by the way. Not for... It was, like... It was to do with work. It wasn't, it wasn't like, murder or anything like that. But he happened to mention it, too, because I think by that point I was thinking of doing a, a documentary series about religion, and he brought it. And this second guy brought it up. He goes, oh, man, if you're doing... A show about religion, you have to go see Father Bob at the South Melbourne Church. Like, And I was like, that's really weird. Like, where do you get, like, two people separately <laughs> kind of giving a good Yelp review for a priest? And so I just, yeah, just rocked up during a, a day service, like a weekday service, and it was peppered just with old Italian women, and he was just being hilarious. And I didn't know, I didn't get it. Because, like, the Italian women weren't laughing. So <laughs> I, was, I was confused about what was happening. And, uh, but then I just realised, I learned over the years that he's just always funny 100% of the time. And so that's whether people are there appreciating him being funny or whether they've turned up to church purely for the Jesus thing, purely for the praying thing. And it's like, well, what can I do? This is my local church. And there just happens to be this eccentric priest at the at the front. And you obviously then for years developed this sort of jousting relationship yep. with Bob on radio that listeners would know. Was it the same away from microphones and, and cameras? Was that the texture of the relationship or did no, it sort we, of No, we had like a reverse. I, I've been in radio studios, like a breakfast radio teams, and they all are like pretend to be really friendly when they're on air. <laughs> And then, and then they turn it off because they cut to a song, and they all just sit there and they're not friendly to each other. Or, do you, or with me and Bob, it was the opposite. Where as soon as the mics were on, we were like fighting, <laughs> and then as soon as the mics were off, we just weren't fighting or whatever. But we we just talked pleasantly. Like yeah, like we didn't. I wasn't like goading him, but we were really nice to each other. Really, and I mean, I shouldn't talk on his behalf. Although, what's he going to do now that he's passed away? But like, yeah, like I totally I liked him so much. And we had such good conversations, but it really it was it wasn't like I did the the routine the fighting routine with him um, outside of uh, the mics being on. 
And in the piece, you sort of really talk about the great lesson that you feel like Bob taught you. Yeah. And it's about being honest, brutally honest sometimes about people's failings and, and errors, but at the same time squaring that with love. And I just wondered, you know, why it was that when Bob passed and you sat down to write, that was the thing you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't know. It's just one of the things I really remember about him, him saying, you don't have to like people, only love them, which was uh, just acknowledging that people can be pretty annoying, including people down on their luck. Often people with all sorts of problems, it's kind of like they've done stuff that have, which is at the very least annoying and even more so like awful, but has, has helped lead them to a place of isolation. And it's just sort of like fessing up that, that, like, for instance, many people in prison would have done really awful things. And so what does that mean? Like, we don't care. We, we go, screw you. Like, you don't deserve rights and everything like that. So Bob really, with you don't have to like people, only love them, really helped me square the circle of things. Because I used to write and uh, true crime. I wrote one true crime book and wrote, I don't know, half a dozen true crime feature things. And and because of that, people started talking to me, like, because I'd read them or whatever. And I just realised how much people have this totally deluded thing about crime, for instance, <laughs> where they they assume that everyone in pri- is just in prison because they, uh, sm- you know, they sold a little bit of marijuana and, God, the whole law system's hypocritical and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And just, just when you start investigating crimes, it's like, no, so people do really awful things. And so, for instance, like the death penalty, it seems if you're going to be against the death penalty, it's like you're against the death penalty against for everyone, including people who've done awful things. Yeah, so I always found that a bit annoying how the same people who'd want to help things for social justice would just misrepresent things. Like, And I just thought it was a bit lame. I just thought... And, and also, just as a storyteller, it's not really a... Mor- as a storyteller, it's like, that's so much more interesting to have to deal with that naughty situation. Well, thanks so much, John, and I can't wait to hear you read your piece. Thank you. Coming up after the break, John Safran will read You Don't Have to Like People, Only Love Them. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. There are very few writers whose work just seems to get better and better with each new novel they write. But, for my mind, Irish writer Anne Enright is one of them. On this week's Read This, I sit and talk with Anne about her new book, The Wren, The Wren. Find it wherever you listen. You don't have to like people, only love them. When it came to accolades, Father Bob Maguire reminded me of the countercultural figures I dug growing up, from Johnny Rotten to Abby Hoffman, from Chuck D to Jim Goad. There was always a tension. They would appreciate their work being celebrated. Show me the artist free of ego and you'll be pointing to a poxy artist. 
but were sceptical, even paranoid. Why is this institute granting me a prize? What's in it for them? What if I buy into the flattery? Will it lead me astray? For the love of God, I cannot be a sellout. Father Bob would have felt that tension in May, up in heaven, looking down and finding himself awarded a state funeral at St Patrick's Cathedral in Melbourne, in recognition of his social work and for being hilarious. The egoist in him would have sort of liked the dignitaries showering him with well-deserved praise, but his counterculture soul would have squirmed. That's why I felt obliged to do what I knew he would love. I roasted him while he lay in a box only a few metres from where I stood. Playing off his love for appearing in the media, I eulogised. Bob was like a reverse Native American. He thought his soul would be taken away if a camera wasn't pointed at him. But it was said with love and respect. And what was he going to do about it anyway? Having said that, I did trip leaving the podium. Was Bob's spectral foot responsible? Bob helped me untangle the complicated realities of life. Let's walk through one. Through Bob, I learned underprivileged people could be jerks. Not all of them, but roughly in the same proportion as any other population. So a lot. The first day I filmed with Bob in 2004, he called over a downtrodden bloke who hung out on his church lawn. Bob was hoping for a touching moment for my documentary. The man thanked him and the Father Bob Maguire Foundation for their help over the years. Then he eased into blaming the Jews for his predicament. What an a-hole. Then and there, Bob told me something that stuck, that helps me travel through the world. You don't have to like people, only love them. Its immediate meaning is something like, be kind to people, show them dignity, even if they're wretched. But trying to live this aphorism doesn't only benefit the wretched, it benefits the other party. In the incident just outlined, me. How so? I become frustrated when I feel coerced to suppress what is so obviously true. Bob's teaching puts on the table that there are wankers and shit for brains among the oppressed. And with that, the truth sets me free. I can get on with it. I didn't respond to Bob's hobo-Nazi by boycotting the Father Bob Maguire Foundation. I did my bit to help Bob with his work. You might counter that I'm stating the obvious, that there are dipshits and pricks amongst the underprivileged. But don't you gaslight me. From World Vision's 40-hour famine to Amnesty International campaigns, the social justice industry is built on positioning those too poor for shoes as goody two-shoes. They never tell you that as soon as that World Vision kid is nourished, on your dime, he'll be down at the internet cafe trying to fleece you in a Nigerian prince scam. In 2014, Orange is the New Black star, Laverne Cox, who is transgender, joined a campaign to improve safety for transgender prisoners in the United States. Each celebrity campaigner was filmed reading out a letter from an inmate. Coxen withdrew her support and renounced the campaign after finding out her assigned prisoner had committed horrendous acts, including murder. Why did she think people end up in prison with life sentences? 
chances are that many of the non-murderers were jackasses too. The Sylvia Revered Law Project, running the campaign, didn't whitewash that the prisoner had unleashed unimaginable misery onto her victims. But it said that this distressing truth didn't run at odds with the fact inmates deserve safety themselves. So thank you, Father Bob, for helping me square the circle. I think about you whenever I come across a dickhead asylum seeker or insufferable cancer patient. You don't have to like people, only love them. And to that downtrodden man on the church lawn who blamed the Jews, go fuck yourself and here's a bowl of soup. To hear more Weekend Reads, you can subscribe to The Weekend Read in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.